Blog Talk Radio. right you are you've reached your destination sb barber morning show i'm apostle sb barber it is friday filling it drive time ride time live time wherever you might be in the country or out of the u.s but listen have we got a broadcast for you absolutely now you know how we do it family come on those followers reaching out and hitting numbers that far exceeded. Come on, let's continue this flow. We have none other than Michelle Brooks Thompson at the turntable. And we're going to talk to her. And listen, we're going to take our time, so settle in. Listen, artists, hit social media, tweet, begin to tweet. Share it on Facebook. Go to GMN Live TV. Grab the uh, the promo Instagram and do what we do. And let's get this going. So we're excited to have her with us, and uh, this is exciting. So we're looking forward to having a robust conversation with Michelle Brooks Thompson, and I'm sure she's excited as well. So listen, those of you. Uh, we've got much that we need to talk to you about. Number one, follow us on Twitter, GM Network. Follow us on Facebook, GMN Live TV, and also Instagram, GMN Live TV, and you can get the podcast on iTunes and all over the place. I'm sitting on some news that I am so pleased about I can't say too much. I can't say too much, but I don't know how I'm going to hold this. But within the next 60 days, we're getting ready to unveil, roll out, and do something that is going to blow your mind, and you're going to be so proud to be a part of it. And I want to thank all of you, our listeners, our followers listen, that have been a part of while we were occupying space this way, mm, you're going to get that special VIP invitation. Trust me, and we won't delay it. Coming up next Friday, mark your calendar now. Coming up next Friday, September 22nd, live at we will have Titus, and Titus is uh, an artist on the One Way Entertainment label. 
and uh, his you may know of his father cross and that's x r o s s and he's an artist also titus is, oh his new project that's out and uh, you'll be seeing that video on our youtube channel it's called i'm blessed featuring c lena and uh, the both of them were featured on our royal team whiteout boat party a couple of weekends ago. I don't know where time is going, and they rocked that boat. But I want to make sure you know all about Titus. So mark your calendar now. Follow SB Barber Morning Show. Listen, this is the PM edition, live at 5. And those of you on the East Coast, you're getting it right now at 6 o'clock PM. But I don't want you to miss that. Friday, filling in at the turntable with Titus, and he's going to rock it. And there's so much this young king is delivering in this hour, and he's going to talk to us about how it's happened, where it's taking him, and whatever he wants to say to his peers. You're not going to be disappointed. Listen, so let's do this. We want to um, celebrate the fact that there's just so much to be rejoicing about. And what better way to kick off the weekend than Friday feeling it right here live at 5. I believe that our guest artist is in queue, and that is none other, none other than Michelle Brooks Thomas. So let's give her a hand. <laughs> Hello. Yes, yes. They're excited. <laughs> come on, come on. We are. We're excited about having you at the table with us. Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> yes, Michelle, well, Michelle, Michelle. I'm, yes, and you know what? I, I've been a little selfish. So can I be real with you? We're live. (laughs) I've been listening to I Am Triumphant. And lady, it's all in me. It's all in me. And uh, I'm looking forward to our listeners. And listen, you're on point. You didn't miss a beat. And we're going to talk about her story. We're going to talk about her music and her testimony. All right, let's do this. Let's give you an opportunity to greet everyone and tell them what you want out of social media to jump on board to hear this today. Go ahead. Michelle Thompson. Um, Thompson. Everybody that's listening, um, we've been promoting the single. It came out. August 15th. Um, It's called I Am Triumphant. We um, have a series called I Am Triumphant Tuesdays, which we got a little behind because I was sick and my schedule got so busy. But um, this song is available everywhere. So you can go to iTunes. You can go to all digital media outlets um, and download the song I Am Triumphant. My website um, you can purchase it through there. I have an online store myself where anyone can just go to com, 
and search under my music on my website and make a request right through there. Um, we want everybody to get this song because the message is for everybody. If you want a hard copy CD, we can mail that to you. If you want digital, we can do that too. If you want both, we can do that also. Folks are going to be right in the mix. They're not going to be disappointed. We've, I'm experiencing no. a little bit of delay here, uh, but can you hear me fine? I can hear you perfectly fine, yes. Excellent, excellent. Um, and I'm looking forward to sharing this right here at the turntable. But we want to slow this down just a little bit. And let me make this announcement. Uh, we have, Michelle, uh, you know, we have out of Minnesota, and also, listen, we're going to be popping up in ATL as well as Oklahoma, so Tulsa, uh, we will keep you abreast of what's happening here. There's an explosion getting ready to happen, and it's all about the glory of our Savior. Uh, and so and, uh, so they'll understand when they hear your music. But I want to announce to everyone uh our young basketball players, ages 10 through 18, uh, they've been playing three-on-three -three ball, and females and males, independent uh, teams, and um, we've been doing that because under the umbrella of Stop Bullying Now movement, we know that, and listen, don't nobody take this personal, just hear me. We have bully resource officers in the school, and we have some awesome resource officers in the school. We have bully police, and we have some awesome police officers in the communities. We have bullying going on in families where it trickles down, and we have some awesome families that don't tolerate it. But we also have young folks that are doing some deeds that they've not been talking about, and we're exposing that because we want our young folks to be freed up. We have young girls that are being, you know, raped by boys and, and, and boys being raped by boys and, and these kind of things happening. And because of the shame, they won't talk about it. So through Stop Bullying Now movement, when we get in the inbox, what's happening. We bring it real, raw reality. So you're going to be hearing from some young folks at our event. We had it slated for tomorrow at our North Community YMCA. We're going to cancel that. There's been a death in the family, and uh, we don't want our coaches to be distracted in any way, and we're going to be supportive of uh, this home going. So we've moved the date to next weekend, I'm sorry, not next weekend, but next Thursday, and that will be at the Jerry Gamble Boys and Girls Club. So keep on loving me. We do what's best for our young people, village. And so keep on loving on us. You know, don't, don't get frustrated because we changed the date. But this was for the good so that we can pack the house and the coaches have the reins. The coaches are coming with their huddle. Three R's, respect self, respect others, respect the game. What game? The game of life. And uh, this is what it's all about. So that's going to be an exciting three-on-three. -three. So you think you can hoop 
for Stop Bullying Now movement at the Jerry Gamble Girls and Bo- Boys and Girls Club uh, out of Minneapolis. So mark your calendars on that. And don't forget, Titus will be at the turntable on the 22nd on Friday. So let's get right back to Michelle. Michelle, thank you for joining us. You know, there are those that are trying to probably pull over in their cars to listen to you so they're not distracted. You know, I'm putting it out there. (laughs) And then there are those that are listening while they're at home and uh, wherever they are gathering. But we want them to hear your story, your story and your journey. And uh, so let's just go ahead on and kick this Oh, number one, Michelle, how long have you been a gospel recording artist? And you know what? If you don't want to start right there, then, you know, yeah, let's see. How long have you been doing that? Well, um, I've been, I grew up singing in the church, and um, I went around singing different churches and, and so forth like that, but I really didn't release my first. Um, gospel recording until 2015, which was my EP All right. called My Life Testimony. But I, I've been singing and performing and, you know, doing that life, you know, for a very long time. Um, but it's just, you know, once you get your music out there, it, you know, it, it puts you in a different path. Um, so that was a long time coming. And so, uh, when I released my EP, that was the start of really the recording piece of it and having my own music out there. Okay. Let's park right there because you are also have added a bonus uh, song. And tell us the name of that yeah. bonus single also. Uh, this bonus single is called Keep Praising Him. And uh, it it goes right along with the message of being triumphant. Yes, absolutely. Um, Listen, your your record folks, send me that right now. This is cold, cold red. (laughs) Send it to us right now, and hopefully we'll be able to slide that right in also. So now let's, let's back it up a little bit. You... Um, as far as where you come from, you are a native of, come on, let's talk. You're a native of? Um, I am from, I grew up, I was born in Boston. And so um, where I live now, I'm about two hours west of Boston. But mm-hmm. um, So I live in Springfield, Massachusetts. Oh, so you're a Bostonian. Yes, I am. Wow. All right. So, you know, what's happening in that neck of the woods? <laughs> Tell us about Boston. What's happening? Well, I mean, Boston is is a great city and, you know, not, you know, not too long ago I was really really happy of um our stance in regards to some of the social and political issues that are going on in our country, um, particularly mm-hmm. uh, the stance against, um, you know, white supremacy. And I was so happy to see so many of the Bostonians stand up 
um, against the racism in such a unified and peaceful way. Mm. Um, this is just, you know, last month, I think it was the 20th of August, that that happened. And, I mean, so much love and so much unity, you know, was in the streets of Boston. And, you know, I think that yes. to the Boston bombing, and our theme was uh, Boston Strong, the Boston Marathon bombing. And I think that theme was so prevalent back in August when that happened, when we took the streets. Because you think of terrorism, you think of racism, all of those things are anti-love, they're anti-peace, they're anti-unity. And when you say that, you know, you're Boston strong, that means there's unity and everybody's together. And and I'm just really proud of that, um, being from Boston and standing up for that our country is facing right now. Absolutely. Now, Michelle, um, if you don't mind, let's park here just for a moment because I love it when we are relevant. And when I want folks to understand that the artist has a voice uh, to move you, but the artist also has a uh, an aptitude of speaking to current realities that we are faced with in this country and abroad. So as an example, as you're talking about the Boston bombing and, and then how Boston, the Bostonians came out uh, August 20th and celebrated in the streets, et cetera, et cetera, and again enforcing that, you know, the message of love and that we're Boston strong, et cetera. You know, it, it, it's dynamic. Here's the dynamic, if you'd like to address. When People do that. Various different villages come together in one voice, but yet after the cameras are gone and folks go back to uh, what they've been accustomed to doing, and yet uh, racism is still there, prevalent, and or when uh, the black village stands up against an injustice of some sort uh, or the disparity in a community, etc. And let's not get it twisted, listeners. We know that we have many blacks who are prosperous, doing well as far as that's concerned. I mean, flying with jets and so forth and so on. So what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the disparity uh, when demands are made uh, in various arenas to stand up, and yet you don't see that diversity come to the to the streets always with the black village. Would you like to say anything about that? Well, you know, I always think that any any foundation has to be strong. And I think in order for anyone, any group of people, whether, you know, you're Hispanic, whether you're black, whether you're Asian, like you have to have a solid foundation to build upon. So that takes coming together and being unified. And so, you know, some some issues that come up against, you know, um, police brutality against, you know, blacks and and police, white police killing black people. You know, there. I believe that there's a lot of mixed feelings in that particular um, topic because we haven't built a solid foundation. Like when we don't take care of each other, we can't 
expect and complain other people to take care of take care of us. Mm. And we don't treat ourselves. And unfortunately, I think too many people are afraid to say that. But we have to say that. Like my grandfather always said, when you point your finger at one person, you got four fingers pointing back at you because he always used the thumb. So we have to, as black people, make sure that we are unified and that our foundation that we're building on to set examples, to express our beliefs, express, you know, where we, how we feel we should be treated as citizens. We have to be unified together. If we can't do that, then we, we do look kind of silly protesting against things when we ourselves can't even get along with each other and we don't support each other. And that's, you know, that's my personal belief and, and that's what I believe. Like you can't, have someone say, well, you're not treating our people right, but then you don't treat your people right. That doesn't make any sense. So I, I think it's just really important that we come together. We come together and we be unified. If we are unified, and that doesn't mean when one of our brothers or one of our sisters gets killed by you know, a white police officer, that's when we come together. We need to be locking arms and being unified together as a people before it happens. It's like, you know, spirituality. You know, we we hear people say we only go to God in prayer based on situations and we don't have a prayer life with him. You know, we we can't treat God like that and only come to him situationally. He desires us to have a relationship with him and a prayer life with him where we don't sort of use him when it's beneficial to us. So we as people, black people, we have to come together and be one already so that we can combat racism. We can combat injustices, social injustices against our people. Um, I'm I'm grateful that you were bold enough to express. And what people, I want our listeners to understand, for whatever the reason, you know, God will allow us to be in a certain lane at a particular time and moment moment in, uh, in the earth realm, and yet spiritually he'll drop something on you that you have to wear also. In other words, yes, I've given you the platform to praise me and bring glory to me, but I've also given you a platform to also address certain things at the appropriate time. And we don't have to all be doing it that way. But when the opportunity presents itself, it's powerful. It's absolutely powerful. So thank you. Thank you very much. So now, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. Were you going to say something? Oh, no, I said you're welcome. All right, all right. Now, let's set this up. They refer to Michelle as, wow, they dubbed her, uh, okay, uh, in the press as the Whitney of Gospel, releasing breakout single and so much more singles, shall we say. And um, for her, it's really she quotes, it's really not a coming out for a lady who's been on the national scene since 2012 when her private audition was broadcast on season three of the smash NBC TV hit 
if I had a drum roll right now, the voice, but an opportunity to, in the words of biblical psalmist, sing for joy to the Lord, a shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let's go there. First of all, build this up for us. Number one, how did you even move into that history-making moment in your story? How did that come about? Let's, let's walk through your journey. Well, I started singing so young, and my mom and my aunt were very influential in my, um, you know, ability to, you know, increase my talent and my singing. And so at the very young age of 10, I began my first competition. It was a singing competition here at a um, uh, what do you call it? Like a community center for young people. And so I always locked myself in my room and sung and sung and sung. And um, until, you know, my mom would be like, it's time to eat. And so I felt like I wanted to sing a song in this competition. And so I did, and it just happened to be a Whitney song because that was who I listened to. You know, I listened to Mariah Carey. I listened to Aretha Franklin. But um, Whitney Houston was my idol, I should say, because I just thought her abilities were so amazing and angelic, and she didn't sound like anybody else. She sounded like herself. And so I ended up doing a competition, and I'll never forget it. I sung I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, and I won. And the people were so impressed that a 10-year-old sounded exactly like Whitney Houston, right? I didn't know. And you know, I remember my mom telling me that the people were coming up to her saying, you know, she lips on that. There's no way that a 10-year-old can sound just like Whitney Houston. And so from that moment on, every time I sung a Whitney Houston song, that became who I was um, considered as. Like, you sound just like Whitney. Do you know the ability? And it's not just, you know, I sound like her, but the power that I have out of out of my voice when I sing is is comparative to the power and the the elegance that she had when she performed. And so that's where that came from. And every time I go somewhere, you know, people will say, I can finally say I heard Whitney Houston sing live or, you know, has anybody ever told you that you sound just like her, your tone, and, you know, I, I, and I always say, you know, thank you, and I always look at that as like, wow, that's a huge compliment because everyone has always thought as the voice being Whitney Houston and that, you know, in her own right based on her ability and just her, her cross the lines, like she reached everybody. And so as I began to sing gospel, as I began to sing, um, you know, different places, banquets and and venues, you know, people would just refer to me as, you know, you sound like Whitney. Or, hey, Whitney, how you doing? 
So I think it's an honor, but at the same time, I always tell people that I am myself. And um, having done so many competitions in my life is what allowed me to get to the voice because I met a talent scout along the way that um, recommended me to the show The Voice back in 2012, and the rest became history. All right. Uh, Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, she did not note that Michelle has also become known for her stirring rendition of the Star Star Bangled Banner. Star Bangled Banner. (laughs) Star Spangled Banner. Let me slow it down. Star Spangled Banner, having performed prior to Boston Red Sox, the NBA's Celtics, Pro Football's New England Patriots, and U.S. Men's National Soccer Team games. Okay, listen, the credibility is obviously there. Now, as we, as you were talking about, you're coming out and being so tenacious as a 10-year-old and just moving right along, refusing to be, uh, shall we say, denied, and yet having a mother that covered you and uh, was right there in that whole process. You know, we all have that testimony, that defining testimony the Lord, Jesus Christ, how much we need his grace to Abba Father who allowed us to be loved and renewed and redeemed through that grace in Yeshua Mashiach, his son. So let's, let's talk about what is that significant piece that you defy all odds to share that resonates and brings a breakthrough or even deliverance or even that taste and hunger from someone that would say, but you know what, I don't know if I can live this saved life. So what was that that defining thing that confronted your life? Go ahead. Man, uh, there's there's so many things that you know I could speak on to to really address this issue, but um, you know I all it takes is an encounter, an encounter, a real encounter with God to make you see the 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 beauty in being saved and and giving your life to God and being able to walk this walk. And, you know, for myself, it's an accumulative of my entire life, of every struggle, every disappointment, and being in a place where I know what it's like to not live a life with God in it because I chose to exclude God out of my life. And um, on a on a recent interview that I did, 
I talked about being in that place of despair, being in, you know, having that Lodabar experience, if you will, and only thing, the only person, the only one that could save me was God. And I share this because Michelle, do this for me. Do this for me. Yes. Break down the loader bar for our listeners because we reach those that are trying to get here. All right. And so let's okay. go ahead on and unveil that. Go ahead. And so that experience for me was being in a place where everything was gone. Um, everything was upside down in our in my life. And, you know, you, you think of even Job's experience where he lost everything. And that was that was the place that I was in. And unfortunately what we tend to do is we run away from God and we search for every solution everywhere else but except going to him. And I remember I had done just what I just said. I went everywhere. I went to people. I stopped going to church. I stopped praying. I stopped talking to God. I stopped everything that would have sustained me during my experience. And I got to a place where I didn't know what to do. And sometimes God will bring you to that low place just so you can go to him. And I remember I I woke up one Sunday, I didn't go to church, and you know, I said to my husband in the afternoon that day, I said, you know what? I can't do this anymore. Don't know how much more I can take. And I don't even feel the need to continue even trying to walk this walk. It just it it, there's no value to me. And so I remember saying, I need to go to church. Like I have to find somewhere to put my place in the presence of God because the way that I feel right now was total defeat. And I remember getting in our car. I didn't even know if there was going to be church open at the church that we had gone to months before. And I got in a car and we're driving on a highway, and I remember saying to my husband, if God does not change things, I give up. And when we got to the church, they were actually having service. So God was already working because my heart was so broken and repentant at that point that God was beginning to show himself to me as, as my redeemer. And so when I got there, the minister who wasn't the actual pastor of the church was there preaching. And, I mean, you ever have those times where you go to church and you know that the preacher is preaching directly to you? And that was the type of experience that I had that night. And I remember the preacher said, um, there's someone here who said on your way that if God did not change things, you were going to give up. He said, I need you to come up here now. And so I sat there in my seat with tears in my eyes, being stubborn, because sometimes we're very stubborn um, when it comes to the things of, of maybe, you know, telling God he's right. 
And so I sat there and tears were in my eyes, and I'm like, I'm not going up there. That's not. And the preacher said, God says you're still sitting there. I need you to come up here now. <laughs> and so at that moment, I knew, and I went up there to the altar, and, you know, this man began to pray for me and really prophesy everything that I had gone through in my life over the last six months. Everything. You would have thought this man of God was my best friend and he knew every detail. And I knew that God had sent him for me that night. And God knew that I would get up and press my way to go to some service to see God. Like I needed to see God. I needed to experience God. And from that moment, that was October 2010. My life was never the same. Like, it, it sounds very cliche because, you know, we, we say I went to a meeting one night and R wasn't right. Something got a hold of me. That is my testimony. Like, something, the presence of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of God took over my heart. It took over my mind. The things that I was concerned about, God took control over those. And there's so many areas in our life that we worry about that we allow those areas to consume us, and it stops us from really walking in the way that God has called us to. And when we can truly let go of all of those things and place them in the hands of God, we have to know that there are some things we can't fix. We can't change them. We, we can't fix them. We can't resolve them. It requires God. And we have to give that to him. And that was what I did. Like, I gave every problem, my marriage, my, the, my family, everything I gave to God. And I was like, I can't fix it, Lord. Like, you have to fix it. And when I did that, everything in my life changed, everything. And so I... I witness to people and tell them, I promise you, if you just give God a try, just like, you know, you have commercials, the info commercials, and it's like, you know, 30 days, you know, guarantee or your money back. If people gave God just like three months of their life, I promise you that your life will never be the same and you will never, ever want to go back. You just won't. And, And when you think about, you know, walking a walk of salvation and doing the same life, you know, because when you look around, the world is doing the exact opposite and everything that God has said is right, the world has said it's wrong and society says it's wrong and it's contrary to the word of God. I am a living witness that if you stay true to the word of God, God will stay true to you. And no matter what comes, what plagues this world, what plagues this country, God will deliver his people. He will do that. But you have to be sure that you're committed to God so that God can be committed. Because when we turn our back on God, we walk away from him. And he's always there. He's always there. But we have to put all of our trust in him and know that making a decision to serve the Lord is not a mistake. It pays off. And I don't mean just blessings, 
you know, oh, I, I serve God, you know, we, we treat God like he gives out presents and gifts and things like that. But God will sustain you in that you need him to. And so I encourage anybody who's struggling with, you know, the walk and whether it's worth it or not or how do I, how do, I do this, just trust God. Just give it to God. That's all I can say. Give it to God, and he will, you know, be there for you. He will direct you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You just have to trust him. And it only takes the faith the size of a mustard seed. And I think we forget that. But that's all it takes. And a mustard seed is so small. I challenge somebody to go online and look it up. Look at an image on Google of a mustard seed. That's all it takes. That's all he requires. Without holding up any longer, I want you to hear, I am triumphant. Michelle Brooks Thompson, and you're not going to be disappointed at all. She's brought you to a reckoning point. She's brought you to an overcoming place. She's brought you to where you have longed to be reminded of how secure and anchored you are. The battle may be raging, trouble all around. You're crying out to Jesus for a way out. Hold to your faith. Finish the race. He's on.
to worship, just worship right now. And Michelle Brooks Thompson, I want you to go ahead and lead in prayer. Yet yeah, you see that this platform has been tried by the fire, and this is birthed out of Grace Media Network, the Legacy Station, and you know what, just like TBN, NBC. Come on. This is GMN's platform, the S.B. Barber Morning Show, AM and PM. And I am Apostle S.B. Barber. Michelle, I'd like for you to take this moment and go ahead and complete this piece of ministry to our listeners. You have the platform. Go ahead. Father God, Lord, we just come before you. Lord, thank you for this hour, God, to talk about your goodness, God, to talk about the things that you've done, God, to be an encouragement to every listener. God, I ask that those who are listening in, God, that you would touch their hearts tonight. God, that whatever it is, God, that they are seeking you for, God, that you would meet every need that they have. God, let something that we've discussed tonight on this call, on this broadcast, God, minister to someone who's going through. God, minister to that person who feels like there is no more hope. God, touch them right now, God, and let this song, God, that you've given to me, God, to remind people of your promise, God, to remind them of your commitment to see them through their situation. God, let them be encouraged. God, let them know that they are triumphant. God, let them know that your word is true, and God, that you will fight for them, oh God. Lord, every battle and every situation in their life, God, allow them to know that you will fight for them. God, you said in your word that you would never leave us nor forsake us, God, that you are there even in the midst of our darkest hour, oh God. Lord, and I pray and ask, Lord, that you would touch them right now, God. Anybody who feels depressed, God. Anybody who feels that they want to commit suicide, God. Anybody who feels that they want to give up on you because they just can't make it anymore, God. Lord, I ask that your spirit, God, your saving power, God, would touch them right now, God, from their head, God, to the soles of their feet, God. Give them strength, God, when they feel that they are weak, God. Give them, God, the energy that they need, God, and you, God, to press forward through the situation, God. Maybe there's somebody on this call that got bad news today from the doctor, God. Maybe somebody got laid off from their job today, oh, God. Maybe somebody lost a loved one today, oh, God. Lord, but help them to know, God, that all of your strength, God, is made perfect in our weakness, oh, God. Help them to know that whatever it is that they're seeking for, God, that you are the supplier, oh, God. 
that there is nothing too hard for you, God. Lord, that we can rest in you, God, even when we feel weary, God. You said, all ye that are heavy laden, come unto me, and I will give you rest, O God. Lord, so we beseech your throne right now, God. Lord, we ask that you would touch every mind, God, every ear that's listening, O God. Touch it right now in the name of Jesus. And last but not least, God, we bind up the enemy, God. Lord, every tactic, every trick, everything that the enemy has designed to kill and destroy, we cancel it out in the name of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus over the assignments of the enemy, and we cast it back so that it cannot manifest and it will not manifest. Lord, we thank you for the Holy Ghost power that you have given us, God. We thank you for the authority, God, that you have given us to speak over every situation, oh God. Lord, we thank you for the power that you've given us to speak to every mountain in our life. Glory, hallelujah, that we have the power to cast it down in the name of Jesus. We have the power to cast out the enemy in the name of Jesus and tell him that he has to flee, oh God. Lord, we thank you right now, hallelujah. God, we give you praise, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God, bless your name right now in the name of Jesus. Glory, hallelujah, God. We thank you, God, because it is so, God. We can have what we decree. God, we can walk in authority. God, we can walk in the power in the name of Jesus, and it is so, God. We bless your name. God, we give you honor, Lord. We bless you with the highest praise. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Hallelujah. Ah, what, a, what a place to rest in, to just rest right here, right now. What a place. You know, let's do this because we know that you know, this residue remains in the atmosphere. Every podcast, the residue is there. So to those of you that are tuned in, you got what you needed. I have no doubt about that. It's already done. But I want you to share this residue. I, I want you to open up, you know, that this vessel and present this as a gift to someone that you know this will bless their heart. This may be the very deliverance that they needed in this hour right now to take their stance in reckoning with the fact that they are more than conquerors. And as this ministry gift has said, this psalmist, I am triumphant. My, 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 I tell you. Wow, I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm containing, but I'm I'm remaining <laughs> to do exactly what the Spirit of the Lord would have. All right, you're listening Amen. to our guest today, Michelle Brooks Thompson. I'd like for you to take us behind the scenes. We've only got about six minutes, but take us behind the scenes of NBC's. The Voice, what that experience was all about. 
would you do that? And, and you know, as you were ministering, yes. the reason that I'm bringing that up now is because we have those times in our spiritual walk and our natural walk where we're allowed to go behind the scene, go behind the veil, and we can't quite understand the outcome. It may not seem as though we have won, but there was a purpose in being in that circumstance. You were appointed in that hour. So take us behind the scenes of the voice. In the beginning, because you know what? I, I know we got six minutes, so let me make this short. But the experience of the voice was all, was all spiritual. And I didn't understand why God was taking me that way. I didn't understand why he showed me everything that was to happen in visions and dreams. And now I know because it was for this time, because the testimony out of the voice, yes, and the natural, it was a great experience. I got to be on a platform that so many people desire to be on, right? Your artist, naturally, you get closure. You want to be on the platforms that will allow you to be exposed to people, right? That was that was my my dream for so many other auditions that I had done for national TV shows. And finally, I got to the place where I said, God, I know what you've spoken over my life, and I'm not going to go searching for that anymore. I'm going to trust you and wait on your timing. And that was exactly what happened. I sat still and I waited on God's timing. And when I least expected it, my pastor had already prophesied it in July 2011. He said, this time next year, in 2012, you're going to be in L.A. for something bigger and better than you ever dreamed of. And from July 2011 until February 2012, I didn't audition nowhere. I stayed committed to God. I went to church. I prayed. I fasted and focused completely on him. And one night, my aunt called and said, I think you ought to audition for The Voice. And it was a Sunday night. And I said, no, ma'am. I said, I'm all set. No, thank you. The next day, a talent scout called me, sent me an email directly. I called her. She said, listen, I want to recommend you for a private audition for a television show. I said, what is that show? She said, it's The Voice. And I said, no, thank you. Five days later, I was at a school that I was teaching music, and a faculty member walked up to me and said, you know what, you need to audition for The Voice. And I said, nope, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And lo and behold, I went to my pastor and my first lady, and they encouraged me. They said, you don't know what doors God can open from this for you, and you know who you are. But I was so hesitant to do it because I didn't want to move outside of God's will. And to make a long story short, because I yielded to his will, God allowed me to go through that process with ease. I didn't understand why I didn't win, although he showed it to me. But one thing that I remember saying in the process It was the day of my blind audition, and a vision that he had showed me was coming to pass literally before my eyes, minutes after minutes. And I said to my husband, I said, it doesn't matter what happens after this. All that matters is right now I am in the will of God. 
And so that experience allowed me to see firsthand what it means to be in the will of God. And when you wait on him and you trust in him and allow him to direct your path, he will open up the doors for you, and you don't have to fight for nothing. You don't have to beg for it. It will come right to you because that was God's will for your life. So that was my experience on the voice. You know, as I said, it was significant that that be shared again for those that caught that residue at the very end of the broadcast here and the reality of that all. And, yeah, we are moving a little bit past the two-minute mark, and it's all good because I think this is significant. I believe that the sanction that's on your life, that behind the scenes, you are already behind the scenes. In other words, you know, they take you behind the curtain until it's your time uh, when you do your blind audition or whatever the case and the chairs are turned, so you're behind them again. And so you were definitely being progressed and processed prior to even your arrival. So to hear you say, well, okay, and when she said I didn't win, we know that from the standpoint of the final contestant, the winner of NBC's third season finalist, the voice winner. So that's what she's talking about, and you all understand that. But then there is a winning capacity that we reign and own in the Father because she won in him. She obeyed him, and she even got approval. You know, so she won on so many levels. Your interaction with some folks, tell us about some of those folks you were. I'm going to extend this just for a moment, and then we want to, you know, because we don't want to hold you beyond your time. But, you know, I think it's important to exalt this because there are those waiting in line. Come on now. There are those that, you know, the call didn't come or whatever the case might be. And it's not always about just doing that. We're talking about business owners that are believing God. God said it. They're not going to give up on it. God is speaking, has declared some things over people's lives from ages in the womb to 10 to going on up the ladder as he did with you. So let's talk about some of the interaction that you experienced being on The Voice in preparation while, you know, how they walk you through. Well, you you know, we start off with, um, you know, uh, executive uh, actually in an, a private audition where those, um, you know, the talent scout and things, um, you go and perform in front of them. It's not like, you know, you have 30 people in a room. It's just you. And I remember thinking, my God, you know, they're not going to pick me because of the way that I look and everything like that. And I remember walking into the room, and the first thing that the talent scout who was the actually the president of the multi-casting for The Voice, she was in my audition with the vocal coach. And the first thing they said to me was, before you sing, we want to let you know that we love the way you look. We love everything about you. And I was so tickled in my spirit because I was like, okay, God, you just keep showing me that this is what it's going to be. So after that, you go on to L.A. for executive callbacks where – you know, you, you perform the same thing that you did before, and but now you're in front of the people behind the show, the main producers, to see 
if you're still someone that they want. And so once you do that and you get past that, that's when they consider you for the blind audition. And even though you get a callback for the blind audition, there's still only about 64 teams. And so because of that, out of 200 auditioners, not everybody's going to make a team. So you go with the expectation that you're going to get picked. But at the end of the day, we know that not everybody's going to make it. And, you know, from that point, you get onto the show and you get to work with the celebrity judges that you see that they bring in. And, you know, you go through the process of development with your voice. Um, You know, the coaches try to help you the best that they can. And, you know, whether the America likes you, you know, determines your fate really on the show because it all is about voting, um, you know, once you get to the live round. Okay, so once you get to that peak, and then um, when it came to who you connected to in the scene, let me say behind the scenes when you have those fellowship times, et cetera, et cetera, what's, what's in your memory bank that impressed you or you just saw nothing but God moving? I would say that, you know, when I was – um, with this is the one thing that stuck out to me. It was my elimination, and something that Adam said to me. He said, "You know, I'm letting you go because I can't coach you." He said, "Every time you sing, you're perfect. Every time we have rehearsals, you know, there's nothing that I can do. Every time you perform, you're just amazing." And so I remember leaving there feeling like, "Okay, well." You know, God, you definitely have a different plan, and you showed me that this was happening, so I have to trust you at this point. And I remember they did my exit interview, and they were like, what do you want to say to Adam? What do you want to say to America? And I remember saying that, you know what, this is not the last of Michelle Brooks Thompson. I said, you know, all things work together for my good, even this. And so America, you know, has not seen the last of Michelle Brooks Thompson. And after that, they took me to, uh, they have an on-site shrink, if you will, a therapist. And what that therapist does is he asks you about your experience. He asks you if you're okay, if you're depressed, that you got booted off the show and all that stuff. And so when I sat down with him, He said, how are you feeling? And I said, you know what? My feet hurt. I said, you can rub my feet if you want to. And I remember him saying, you know, I can't do that. You know, my wife would get mad if she found out I rubbed your feet. And he said, but how are you feeling? And I said, Doc, just like we're sitting here in this particular location on this Universal Studios lot, there are many ways to get here. And I said, just like that with my life, there are many ways to get to the next destination. And this is my stop here so that I can get to the next level where God wants me to be. And he sat back and he looked at me and he asked me, he said, are you a Christian? 
And I said, yes, I am. She said, you're fine. Have a great day. And I remember walking out and just laughing to myself because I think I ministered to him. And he didn't even know that. But he saw that God, my faith, was and my assurance was in God. And for him to just even believe that, you know what, if her faith is in God, she's all right. And I don't even know if he was a Christian. I don't know what he believed in, but he knew that my faith was in God and my faith had made me whole just like the woman with the issue of blood. And so that was that mm. was like my memorable interaction. <laughs> you know, behind the scenes, just all over, got all in it and every avenue. Now, who were the four that occupied the chairs other than Adam during that third season? Um, it was, in that season, it was CeeLo, CeeLo Green, Christina Aguilera, Blake Shelton, and Adam. Right, so CeeLo, Adam, and who else was it? Um, it was CeeLo, Adam Levine, and Blake Shelton. Yes. Okay. Who are we? Who did I miss? Adam, CeeLo, Blake, and Christina. Christina, Christina. All right, yes. all right, and. Uh, you know, when you think about those young people and, you know, those seasoned like yourself, et cetera, walking away who also didn't, you know, be acknowledged as the voices winner, uh, but yet you knocked it out the ballpark, you obeyed God every step of the way, and you took him in and out of corridors and secret nooks and crannies, and, and, and here he even allowed you. It, it reminds me of Pharisees, Sadducees, and rulers, etc. He allowed you to sit before a psychiatrist, psychologist, psychiatrist, etc., and deposit that residue even with him. That man will never be the same. And so, you know, as we're talking about this, and, and, and yet I'm looking and listening and hearing that, you know, they have that in place because there are those that are not solid. They don't know the Lord as you do, and you left something on that man's life. But think about the ones that sat in that chair in that encounter or prior to them even having a psychologist on board, psychiatrist, that went away and became uh, drug addicted, became alcoholic, you know, whatever right. else, and God forbid suicide, okay, because they didn't get it. And then the enemy bombards mm -hmm. you, hunts you, and pounces on you to cause them to flee from the presence of the Lord. And yet, he, even when you said, I wonder if they'll like the way I look or whatever, but God took you beyond that because he heard you, and he probably laughed at that moment because they said, to you. We like everything about you. We like the way you look. So it was, you know, like the father <laughs> laughing. He heard you. He heard you. So let me show you what I'm getting ready to do. And so that's dynamic. And people are needing to hear this reality check out of a reality show when you are a sense one. 
a sent one. So we want to applaud you. We thank you for being um, our guest, our friend, and a part of the family of Grace Media Network, the Legacy Stations, and the S.B. Barber Morning Show, AM, PM edition. And you, you know you're welcome to come back. So don't you dare yes. come in the territory <laughs> of the Twin Cities and we not know, but I know I'll know, or even ATL. When's the last time you've been to Atlanta? Oh, it's been a few years. It's been a few years. I was there one It's been year a few years. The, yeah, it's been a couple of years. All right, all right. Well, is there any last thing that you want to state or share to, shall we say, seal this deal that others know? Where's your anchor? Go ahead, Michelle Brooks Thompson. To the listeners out there, like, you know, I really want you all to get this song because I'm telling you, there are times where we all feel like giving up. There are times where we feel like the road is not easy and we just don't know if we can make it another day. But this song is just a reminder that even in that moment of weakness that you are triumphant and that God is fighting for you. He is there and he is not going to leave you and that all things, all things work together for your good. You know, according to his plan over your life, and so we just have to remember that as we go through and know that what we're going through is not without reason. We may not understand it, but it's not without reason. And so everyone be encouraged. Please, you know, get the single. Keep it aside for that moment where you know you might need some encouragement. And they can definitely write me, send me a message on Facebook, Michelle Burst on Twitter, M.D. Thompson sings, let me know how the song is ministering to you because we overcome by our testimonies, and it's so good to share what the Lord is doing in our lives. We've got to go down. My mic was muted. All right, you all, go in the glory of our Father, in the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and bearing witness in the testimony that he arose in the earth by the Holy Ghost. Enjoy this day. Until next time, we've got to go now. Thank you, Michelle.